0: No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together podcast. I am so excited that you are here with us today because we're talking all about classroom setup and how that fits into your classroom management plan. So the physical layout of your classroom can really help with your classroom management plan and your overall classroom management strategy. So there are a couple of tips that I have for you guys about your classroom setup that can really work to your advantage with your classroom management plan. So let's just get right into the tips. The very first tip that I have for you is to make your main teaching space or your teaching table or whatever you call it in your classroom at the center location of your classroom. So I don't mean like right smack dab in the middle of your classroom, but make it a center location in your classroom. If I was setting up my classroom, I would probably have my teaching table or my teaching station probably tucked away in some corner because that's just the way I am and like that's how I like to organize things and have everything set up. But in terms of overall classroom management, it's really a good idea to have your teaching table or your main teaching area at a center location in your classroom. And there are a few reasons for this. One of the main reasons is the proximity that you would have to all of your students at all times in your classroom. In the world of behavior analysis, proximity is an antecedent strategy that we use to help increase the likelihood that desired behaviors are going to occur in our classrooms. So think about proximity as you're close to your students, so they're more likely to engage in those appropriate behaviors because you're near them, you're around them, you're there to support them and help them and build those skills, and they're able to easily access you when you're in the middle or the center location in your classroom. A lot of times we can also use proximity to decrease some of those behaviors that we don't want to see. Think about if you're in a high school classroom and a student has their phone out, the closer you get to that student, the more likely they are going to be to put that phone in their pocket because they don't want you to take their phone, right? So proximity helps encourage those appropriate behaviors we want to see and discourage the behaviors that we don't want to see in our classroom. Also, you're there to, again, assist and support students as needed, and they're able to easily access you when needed because you're in that center location. You're also able to, for times of independent work or when students are at centers or stations, able to see all of your students and able to really support all of your students during those times. So think about if you're running a station at your teacher table, but you're also able to see what other stations are doing and help increase those appropriate behaviors during stations. So students are more likely to stay on task when you're really close to them so you can help support them, but also they're less likely to get off task because you're really close to them and there to support them. So it really works both ways. Proximity is such an amazing strategy to use as an antecedent strategy in your classroom management plan. And having your teacher table at a center location can really support this. Also, you're able to really address behaviors as they occur. So say you have students who are doing an excellent job working together and having great teamwork during a different center or a station, you're able to really praise that behavior because you can see it right then and there. You're also able to address those undesired behaviors as they occur as well. So maybe you hear a student call another student a name, or maybe you see that one student is using all of the materials and not sharing with other students. You're able to intervene and redirect right in the moment, as opposed to other students having to come up to you and quote unquote tattle on that student. You're able to provide that student who's engaging in the undesired behavior, a more desired behavior that they could be engaging in through a prompt or a redirection. So when you're looking at your overall classroom setup, really think about how you can move that teaching table or teaching station to a center location in your room. It might not be right in the center. You might have to work around different aspects of your room that are quote unquote like fixed in your room. You know, if you have shelves or different aspects of your room that you can't move readily, you might have to work around those, but really seeing, okay, where is my teacher table now? And is there a better place that I can put it so I'm able to see all of the students and be around all of the students as needed. All right, so my second tip for you is to have high traffic areas away from where students sit. So as much as possible, having high traffic areas farther away from where students sit to decrease on So some high traffic areas you might have in your classroom would be the door, so students entering and exiting your classroom, possibly the pencil sharpener, maybe a tissue box, maybe book boxes in your classroom, lockers, whatever's in your classroom that students visit quite a few times throughout the day could be a high traffic area and you wanna make sure that you are arranging student seats so they're away from those areas. It's also a really good tip to consolidate some of those movable high traffic areas. So the pencil sharpener, tissue box, hand sanitizer, book boxes, to a more consolidated area. So you really only have one high traffic area in your classroom. And if those can be by the door as much as possible, that's a really good place to have them because the door is always going to be a high traffic area in classrooms. So putting as many objects that are high traffic objects in your classroom around that one central location can help decrease the distractibility that occurs when students are going back and forth from those different high traffic areas and disrupting the classroom flow. So once you've identified a high traffic consolidated spot in your classroom, you can put all of those high traffic items around there and then teach your students systematic ways to access those high traffic items. So it can be kind of funny having routes in your classroom or seem kind of silly, but it's a really good strategy for decreasing distractibility in your classroom. Say you're teaching an entire lesson and you have a student that needs to get a tissue. And instead of going around all of the students, they go through each of the students and they, high five, three or four students, they make a comment to a couple of other students. They might talk about something with one student. They might sit down next to a student while they're on their way to getting a tissue that can be really distracting to the rest of your class and your lesson as a whole and lead to some of those undesired behaviors in our classrooms. So again, this is another really good antecedent strategy that increases the likelihood of the possibility of those desired behaviors we want to see and decreases the likelihood of those undesired behaviors. So teaching students a route to get to those high traffic areas is a really good strategy and you can make this really fun. So you can have different tables, have different routes depending on how that they are stationed in your classroom or set up in your classroom. If you have individual student desks, you might teach the routes based on a row or different areas in your classroom. But making it fun and teaching these routes so that students know exactly how to get to that high traffic area. So it decreases the likelihood that they're going to be distracting others when they're going there. So once you have your teacher table set up and then you have all of your student desks set up, then you have your high traffic area consolidation spot identified and set up. You can then practice those different routes to see what's the best route for the students in different areas to get to that high traffic area. So then you can teach those routes to students. If you're in a younger classroom, it can also really help to put different tape down on the floor. So maybe you have four different groups of students and you have them labeled by color. So you have a yellow group, a red group, a green group, and a blue group, and you have those different colored tapes on the floor so that students know which tape line to follow that is their route to getting to that high traffic area. That can be a great visual cue to remind students of how to get to those high traffic areas. If you're in older classrooms, it might just be you teaching those different routes to your students so that they know how to get to those areas and then praising the students when they engage in that appropriate behavior of when they need to get a tissue, they get up, they follow the route to the back of the classroom or whatever that spot might be, get the tissue and then do whatever they need to do with it and then throw it away and then get back to their desk. This might, again, seem a little bit silly or might seem unnecessary, but I promise you, it can really cut down on those distractible behaviors that we see when students Students are getting up and moving around our classrooms or going to high traffic areas in our classrooms. Again, a lot of classroom management is about being intentional and systematic in your classroom. So having really clear expectations, having really clear guidelines about different aspects and procedures in your classroom can be so helpful in classroom management and be so great for predictability in your classroom, which students thrive off of predictability. When there's a schedule and it's highly predictable in their classroom and they know exactly what's expected, they really, really thrive off of that because there's no confusion around it. They really understand what is being expected of them and as clear as we can be it is just so helpful in our classrooms. Okay so the next tip also has to do with materials but these are more of your student materials. So these are materials that your students use on a regular basis. I would highly highly recommend having a central location for your students materials. Now your classroom is probably set up in one of two ways where either all of your students have their own materials in an individual desk or if the students are at tables, they might have their materials inside of pouches in the back of the desk or they have caddies on the desk that has all the materials for that group of students. If you're in an older grade, your students might bring a lot of the materials with them, like notebooks and paper, they might have those in their book bags, but less common materials that students might have might be calculators or some other material that they need for your classroom that they don't necessarily carry around with them all day long. Making sure that all of these materials are in a central location so that students know how to access them and know where they are is really, really important. If you do have tables or groups of students together that are sharing materials, I highly recommend having caddies in the middle of the table that have the most used materials in them. So pencils, crayons, markers, those types of things, having those materials in them so that students can easily access them when needed. Again, this takes away the opportunity for them to get up and wander around the classroom to find a pencil or a crayon or something that they might need that can increase the distractibility or the disruption to your classroom that might be undesired. Also having materials within kids' arms reach can be really helpful in increasing productivity and learning time and decrease confusion around what do I need, where do I get it, how do I get it, those types of things that can lead to students not completing a task within the allotted amount of time given. So again, making sure that you either have students who have all of the materials in the desk with them so they don't have to get up and get certain things, or that if you have groups of students that they have all of the materials within arm's reach in some sort of central caddy in the middle of their table can be really, really helpful. But this might not be realistic for all materials. Again, calculators, we might not have one for every single student in our classroom. We might not have a pair of scissors for all students. We might not have a glue stick for all students. So these different materials that we don't have readily available either in the students' desks or in that caddy can be in a different central location in your classroom. It's gonna be really helpful to have students designated as material helpers or supply helpers in your classroom. And those can be the students that are the ones that are going back and forth and helping students access those materials. So again, you're increasing learning time and productivity, and you're decreasing on the distraction or the disruption that it causes when students are getting up several times to go back and forth to a different location to get those various materials. By designating one person to go back and forth for a group of students to get materials or one person to go and get all of the materials that that group needs during one specific specified time in your classroom when you're doing a different project or you might need calculators or whatever it might be can again be really helpful with decreasing that distractibility or the disruption that getting materials can cause in your classroom. So the three tips that we went over so far are to have your teacher table at a central location in your classroom, having your high traffic areas away from student seats and consolidating high traffic objects in your classroom. So there's really only one or two high traffic areas total in your classroom and then having the materials in a central location and identifying that supply helper so that they can access those materials that are less commonly used in your classroom can be really helpful. So now I just have some general tips on how to go about actually planning and setting up your classroom. So the first tip would be to see if another teacher friend can come in your classroom and see how your classroom is organized and see if they have any suggestions of how you can rearrange different aspects of your classroom. If you've been teaching in the same classroom for a while, it might be really hard to visualize how you can rearrange different aspects of your classroom to make these different recommendations a possibility in your classroom. Getting fresh eyes on it can be really helpful in reimagining what your classroom could look like to accommodate some of these recommendations. Another idea would be to draw a general outline of your classroom on a piece of paper. Input put all of the things that are stationary. So anything that you can't move in your classroom and then start to add pieces of your classroom around these different aspects of classroom setup. So start to add some of those high traffic objects, start to add your teacher table and then add your student desks or your student tables until your classroom starts to come together. You can do multiple different drawings so that you can see, okay, if I do it this way, if I do it this way, if I do it this way, what is my classroom going to look like? If you're a new teacher or you're a teacher that is going to a new classroom next year, it can be really easy for you to start with a really fresh state. So maybe going into that classroom and if it's still set up the way that the teacher had it set up last year, moving all of the things to one side so that you can get a really good, fresh glance at the classroom and see how you want to set it up for yourself. I also want to be afraid to change things up. So you might've had things for a certain way for a long time. Don't be afraid to change things up. You can always move things back or rearrange it at a different time. Once you've set up your classroom, it's not an end-all be-all set in stone. You can rearrange things, make it different. You can rework your classroom so it can really meet the needs of your students and you as a teacher. My last tip would be don't be afraid to ask for different things in your classroom. Maybe you really want a teacher table that's different from your teacher desk. So you have your teacher desk set up in a corner, but you want a small group table that you can do small groups at or the majority of your teaching at, don't be afraid to ask. There might be an extra table laying around in the building. Another teacher might be getting rid of a table. Just see what's available in your building that you can use. So those are all the tips that I have for you for classroom setup. Again, these are a lot of antecedent strategies, meaning these are strategies that we can put into place so that we increase the likelihood of the desired behaviors that we want to see in our classrooms occurring and decrease the undesired behaviors in our classroom by eliminating the opportunity for those behaviors to even occur. So these are great strategies to use in your classroom. Really look at those different strategies, identify which ones are going to work for you, draw out a different layout of your classroom and see how you can set up the so it really works to the strengths of you as a teacher and it really increases the success of all of your students. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. If you feel like you learned a lot from this episode, please leave it a review or a rating so that more teachers can find this podcast. Also, don't forget to go follow me on Instagram at Teaching Behavior Together. There is a link down in the description notes below so you can see my daily content on behavioral and social emotional learning strategies for your classroom. And there's also a link down below for a free guide on how to teach calm down strategies in your classroom. So if you're planning on teaching different calm down strategies in your classroom, but you don't necessarily know where to start, I have a whole free guide for you. It is six easy steps. It is not a long guide, so it won't be overwhelming to you so that you can utilize those strategies in your classroom next year or whenever you're going to be teaching these strategies. So click on the link below so that you can get that free guide in your inbox immediately. Thanks guys. Thanks so much for listening and have a great rest of the day.